we've been talking capacity grows in the mind not the heart imagine so you ask god to give you a large heart so that you can receive many people but the capacity to lead those people exists in the mind i'll say that again we ask god to give us a large heart so that we can absorb many people but the capacity to lead those people exists in the mind yeah and remember we read the definition of capacity yesterday the extent right and we're going to read it again let's read it again just for thing i'm going to answer a question someone asked me how does one become indispensable and i'm going to answer it online at some point today or maybe during the word but let's see how it goes read let's read the definition of capacity and then we'll get into the word for today go for it the extent or comprehensiveness of the mind mm -hmm. the power of receiving ideas or yeah. knowledge Okay, so remember this. When we talk on these leadership periscopes, number one point is not to give you revelation, but to give you reminders. Reminders that point you towards destiny. I'll say that again. When we do these leadership periscopes, we don't do it to give you revelation. We do it to give you reminders. Reminders that point you towards destiny. So one of the major reminders is that these periscopes are for capacity to increase our capacity to absorb revelation. And when revelation comes to us, we're able to move with it the way God wants us to move with it because we have, we have stayed inside of these breakfast mornings talking um, about leadership. So the, one more time, let's read the definition of capacity and let's get into today. The extent or comprehensiveness mm -hmm. of the mind. Yeah. The power of receiving ideas or knowledge. The extent or comprehensiveness of the mind. The power of receiving. So the power to receive ideas and comprehend it actually exists inside of the mind. Remember, let me also define power. The simplest definition of power is the ability to do. I'll say that again. The simplest definition of power is the ability to do. Sometimes, the, you know, the Bible says, um, the effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes much power available. The ability to do is available. Sometimes people just don't do. Mm. Sometimes people just don't do. So that's the simplest definition of power. But let's move on to today. So, We've learned about capacity and we're going, to in, we're going to increase in our learning of capacity. And I really hope you're ready for me this morning. I hope you're ready for me this morning. I'm going to move out of the mind a bit. And I want to talk to you about the word and conviction. I want to talk to you about the word and conviction this morning, but in two different styles. So we're first of all going to go to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 4, but we're going to end up in Thessalonians. Because these two scriptures, we're going to use to talk to ourselves in a leadership manner this morning. Getting ourselves ready for the word explosion that, goes, that, is, that is taking place tonight. And I, I, and I don't know about you, but for me, at this, in this season, the word is coming alive more now. The word is coming alive more. This is helping me to receive the word more. So I, I want you to listen clearly and to... And to absorb the words that we, we will say together. At any point, you can ask me questions as well. At any point, you can ask questions. But let's get into the reading of the word. Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 4. Um, from verse... 
let's start just so that because of time let's start from verse uh, i don't know let's go from verse one and then we'll we'll make our way through it again jesus began to teach by the lake yeah the crowd that gathered around him Mm -hmm. was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge you know the you know the 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 stamp of maturity is your ability to teach the big the moment you are mature the moment we know you are mature is your ability to teach things jesus began to teach at the lake how do i know this hebrews chapter 5 will tell us by now you ought to be teachers you see so the definition of maturity maturity is the ability to teach so God, um, Paul the Apostle was talking to the church and he was saying, by now you ought to be teachers, meaning that you're meant to be teaching a generation how to live life by now. That is the definition of maturity. So how do you know somebody who, who is mature? Somebody who can teach. You know, I said this once before and I learned this from, from watching leadership. Never shout at somebody for something you did not teach them to do. I'll say that again. Never shout at somebody for something you did not teach them to do. I've learned that from leadership. Yes, they, you know people expect you to know how to do certain things. That's not leadership. You have to teach people. I remember saying, you know, I actually learned this in the, I actually learned this, that you've got to teach people as if they're an eight-year-old child. Teach them simply, not because they're dumb, just because you need to rewire their learning process. So you teach people, but never shout at somebody for something you never teach them to do. That's right. So you you now have to you now have to rewire you have to rewire people's minds to understand what you expect them to know. But don't expect them to know what you have not taught them. Yes, well, we should have all learned it in our growing up or we should have all learned it in life or we should have all learned it in this or that. No, that's your expectation. Don't place an expectation on somebody you haven't taught. It will save you a lot of hurt in life. By now, you ought to be teachers. So when Jesus was with the disciples, he lived with them. They made many mistakes, but he did not get frustrated until he had taught them what he... and. It is only, you can only be frustrated with someone when you have taught them and they still make mistakes. But if they're still making mistakes, it only means that you have not taught them well enough. So that's the dilemma. That's the dilemma. So, you know, if you want to really, if you really want to be an effective leader in life, take responsibility for people's lack of understanding. When you see somebody, you've taught them, and they still don't understand, teach them again until they understand. Take responsibility for somebody's lack of understanding. If you do that, what will happen is you will learn how, you will master the art of teaching people. You will master the art of raising people because you will teach them until they understand. Moses tried to do that with the children of Israel. He tried different teaching methods to make them understand where God wanted to take them. But I'm only starting with this because Jesus again began to teach by the lake. 
Jesus kept teaching until understanding came. So, we, Jesus began to teach by the lake. Let's read on now, though. He taught them many things by parables. He taught them many things by parables. So, there were different teaching methods in order to teach people. You would do well if you learn these things because remember, you're going into your mountains. But your mount, you must take the teaching methods you learn at home into your mountains. You don't bring the teaching methods of the mountains into your home. So that's why you will teach, you will be able to teach somebody the, the ways of Zion, the, the leadership of Zion, in order for the, them to go into their mountains and infiltrate with what they have learned. But one thing you have to do is adopt the mind of a teacher, not the mind of a complainer. Never, remember I said it, never shout at somebody for something you never taught them to do. Also, never expect someone to know something you never taught them. Jesus again began to, be te began to teach by parables. Go on. And in his teaching mm -hmm. said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Yeah. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Mm. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. Yeah. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Mm. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Yeah. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants mm. so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30 some 60 and some 100 times. Okay, so skip to verse 10. When he was alone, mm. the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. Yeah. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Yeah. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. Yeah. So that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving mm. and ever hearing but never understanding. Yeah. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Okay, go on, verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? Mm -hmm. How then will you understand any parable? Mm. The farmer sows the word. So this is where we're actually going. The farmer sows the word. Now, listen, whatever is sown, you can be convicted by. I'll say that again. Whatever is sown, you can be convicted by. What do I mean? It is you are convicted about your seed. God has conviction about the word. So you must carry the same conviction on the word. The only thing, you know, if you sow 10,000 pounds or if you sow 100K, if you sow these numbers, right, you must be convicted about what you sowed that it will produce a harvest. Right? The same way that you will be convict god is convicted because he's a farmer that once he sows the word this word will produce but do you know the harvest of the word that would be me skipping um skipping and going further so i'm coming to the harvest of the word because the the where your conviction will thrive yeah where your conviction will thrive you would actually be amazed where your conviction thrives but let me let me take my time so he says, don't you understand this parable? The sower sows the word. So what does God sow? Word. When God wants to change your life, he's not going to do magic. 
You know, people turn God into a magician. He's going to be a magician. He's going to be somebody who's going to come from the air and he's going to change my life in a moment. People have turned God into a magician. Let me tell you something. God is not a magician. When he wants to change your life, he sends word. He doesn't send it. He sows it. So if he wants to change your finances around, he sows the word. He does not give you a miracle money. You know, pastors started to preach about miracle money. You know, I don't know if any of you, hopefully you haven't. When we were growing up, we used to see videos, prophets, that said, that used to tell people, if you give £1,000 today, they will, you will receive £10,000 tomorrow. Rubbish. It's not consistent with scriptures. When God wants to change a man's life, remember this, he sows the word. That's the only thing he's going to sow. If he wants to change your financial life, if he wants to change your family life, if he wants to change your relationship life, the one thing he's going to sow is the word. Don't allow anybody to deceive you, to make you think that he, if somebody prays for you, it's going to turn things around. If somebody is praying for you, it will open your eyes to the word. What does prayer do? It is the engine oil that makes revelation easy for you in the word. So understand this. If my life is not changing, it's because I am not seeing the word. <laughs> it says I'm not seeing it, I'm not hearing it. When You know, I put these principles out there so simply. Do you know why? Because I want you to be able to write it and absorb it and allow it to program in your mind. If my life is going to change, it is because God sows a word. When your pastor is preaching, when your man of God is preaching, there's a word inside of that word for you in order for your life to change. Do you know I noticed the best times of change in my life, the best times of growth in my life is when I just sat on a word. I just sat on the secret of the kingdom of heaven is given to you. And then I begin to pray, Lord, bring me inside. Bring me inside of your word. Let me reveal your word to me. And then he begins to reveal word to me and I, I, I notice growth. Growth comes by word, not by, not by anybody's prayer for your life. You know, sometimes moms can take you to different pastors up and down, making you say, pray for this, pray for my son, pray for this, da, 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 da. Mom, sit down with the word. If you sit down with the word, your child or you will grow. And if you grow, your child will have somebody to follow. Let's read on. So he said here, the, the farmer sows the word. Okay, I can't even move on yet. Because the first thing you have to understand is that one of the job descriptions of God is that he farms. He's a farmer. But he doesn't farm, he doesn't farm corn. He farms people. So God's intention for your life is to raise you. Because I don't think any farmer plants, uh, any farmer plants something without expecting a harvest. If you become a millionaire today, it is God's harvest. So, don't, God forbid anybody telling you that God wants you poor. It is God's harvest to make you a millionaire because he planted a word to change your finances around. <laughs> I love it. Go for it. The farmer sows the word. Mm -hmm. Some people are like seed along the path. Yeah. Where the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Yeah. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, mm -hmm. hear the word and at once receive it with joy. Yeah. 
But since they have no root, they last only a short time. Okay. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. What comes because of the word very quickly? Trouble or persecution comes because of the word. I <laughs> I thought I thought that trouble or persecution is something that would disappear because of the word. But do you know what I realize about God? When he brings a word, when he brings a word and you receive it, the next thing he will do is text, test your conviction. Listen, when, he, when God brings a word and you receive it, the next thing he will do is test your conviction. So he will open you up to trouble. A believer whose life exists without trouble has not received a word. I'll say that again. A believer whose life exists without trouble has not received a word. Trouble comes on the receiving of word. You know, you thought you received that word and God said, and you felt that you said, you heard that God said in your heart that he's going to prosper you. He's going to prosper you. And you started jumping up and down. You started jumping up and down with joy. Then all of a sudden, when you started jumping up and down, the next thing was trial. <laughs> the next thing was trial. You received the word. But you, you, then you start asking God, why is this happening? Why is this, this, that, and the other things happening? No, don't ask why. Because you, you should be praising God because you just received the word. <laughs> the test of your word is trouble. The test of the word you received is trouble. It is not, it is not happiness. It is not good times. It's tough times. Yeah. Trouble and persecution was evidence that you received the word. Very correct. So remember this. What, <laughs> let me just even do it and because I've got two more scriptures. James chapter 1, you will know the scripture, but let's just go there very quickly. So I needed to get from that Mark chapter 4 that because of the word, trouble and persecution came. But you see, what happens to most people is that when their conviction is tested, they drop it. So if you're convicted about giving, I remember we had a time where many people were convicted about giving. Then opinions came to test your conviction and some people dropped it. They backed out. What happened? Trouble was too much for them. So they received the, the word on giving with joy. But when the trouble came, they backed out. Let's read on. Let's go to James chapter 1. Let's read James chapter 1 and see what it says. Mm -hmm. Verse 2. Go for it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. when you, whenever you face trials of many kinds. He says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, consider it pure joy. I'm going to merge these two scriptures. The, 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 word, the trouble coming because of the word and the considering it pure joy when you go through trials. Let me tell you something. What is the evidence that you have conviction in the times of trouble, joy. It is nothing else. Joy is the evidence that you have conviction in the times of trouble. You know, you can see sometimes that somebody is going through a problem. So, ah, this one is going through a mad problem. You can see it on their face. 
you can see that they're going through or you know this somebody's upset and you know those people that you have to ask them what's wrong are you okay are you okay and they're like yeah i'm fine and you're like but we can see you're not fine because if you was fine there wouldn't be this glum look on your face you know you say are you all right and then people keep coming in and then and then they have the audacity to say why is asking everybody asking me if i'm okay because you don't look okay joy is the evidence that you carry conviction this joy has expression called happiness it has expression called stability in joy is stable mental health remember that joy is the com is is the evidence that you carry conviction but we'll get there consider it poor joy when you go through various trials yes because you know that the testing of your faith mm. produces perseverance because you know that the testing of your faith remember i said to you that when trouble comes because of the word it comes to test your conviction what is your conviction your faith <laughs> your conviction is your faith the the fact that you have faith that if you give you will see harvest that's a conviction your faith the fact that you you're convicted that the word is all you need in order to, for god to raise you your faith your faith in prayer your convictions your convictions are the things that will be tested you know sometimes people can drop words said all oh, this thing you're doing do you know that when it fails i'll be here that's what people will say to you but you see what happens god will then make something intentionally fail so to see whether you're really convicted about what you're doing the conviction you have in business the conviction you have about where god is taking you your career the conviction you carry so now it says so my faith is my real conviction but i'm still going somewhere i can't really stop until we finish these i can't really go until we finish these bible readings go for it so knowing that the testing of your faith but we need it in different translations as well so NKJV. nkjv go my for it my go. brethren mm -hmm. count it all joy when you fall into various trials yeah knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience mm. but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing so the testing of your faith produces patience but what i want to do today is actually just stick with the test because remember that the test will either produce or cause you to drop i say it again the test will either produce or cause you to drop your conviction. So there's one or two things that you will either carry. You will carry patience because you're convicted or you will drop, or you will lack conviction totally. So it says, consider it pure joy. Do you have any other translations for me? TPT, go for it. My fellow believers, mm -hmm. when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. When you first begin the journey in the word, you will, it will look like you're facing nothing but difficulties. All you will feel like you're surrounded by are problems. When you first start your journey in the word. But remember that God gives you the arena of troubles in order to strengthen your conviction. Not to take it away from you. 
So get used to the arena of trouble because the arena of trouble is the is the abode of the believer. <laughs> My days. When you abide in Christ, be ready to abide in trouble. Christ was problematic. He had trouble around. One day the tax collector came to Peter. And they had no way of paying the tax. But God knew. Christ knew that go to the belly of the fish. In there you will find the gold coin. So Christ existed around or floated around trouble. People are usually afraid of trouble. The, 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 the believer, the person who believes in Christ, the national, should not be afraid of trouble. In fact, when they see trouble, they should know that it's time to increase in joy. So this is another assignment for you. Count the troubles you have. Sometimes when I was growing in the faith, and I'm still growing in the faith, by the way, but when I was growing in the faith as a baby, as, as a child, do you know what I used to do? I used to make troubles for myself. Sometimes I would make the trouble of, I want to sow 1K. And never let, remember I said this yesterday, if a, YouTube, if a YouTuber can go on YouTube and say what to, tell you what to do with 150K without, without any qualification, I don't think they have a financial qualification. They're just, they're just somebody trying to forge a destiny for themselves, right? If a YouTuber can do it, let nobody tell you that a pastor cannot tell you how much is right to sow. So, in fact, 1K is too small. If you're going to sow 10K minimum, yes. If you're going to sow 10, that sounds better. 10, 10 to 100K. So, let's, put, let's stay within that margin. And your faith will rise to be able to sow it. Simple. So, it says, if you're going to sow 10 to 100K, yeah, if you're going to sow 10 to 100 I don't even remember why I was saying 10 to 100K anymore. It, yes, so I used to make trouble for myself. And I said, I want to sow 10 to 100K. So then I will look at how, through the word of God, I will overcome this problem. But if you do not stay in the arena of trouble, let me tell you something, you will stunt your growth. Or if you back down from the troubles that are currently facing you. So if you have a financial trouble, God is only using that as a sign that through the word he wants to raise you financially. You know, some people, they, 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 they don't have jobs or they're trying to get a job and it's become difficult or this and that. Let me tell you something. God is only using it as a sign to tell you that if you allow me to raise you through the word. When, when your CVs fell, the word won't. I'll tell you that again. When your CVs fell, the word won't. So try me. Try me and see if it's better to be practical or it is better to be supernatural some of us did not have the option to be practical we dropped out of college we dropped out of school we dropped out of all of those things then guess what happened we only had to bank we only had the supernatural to bank on but the supernatural raised us better than the graduate now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't graduate. I believe in education. I believe in discipline. I'm not saying that you shouldn't graduate. What I'm saying to you is that graduate, but use the supernatural. The issue is you're too practical and the supernatural is missing. So now, when you want to get into the arena of trouble, you can't because there's nothing backing you. 
There's no power that you're operating on. The word is the power that we operate on. So therefore, when the trouble comes because of the word, if trouble comes because you're just getting yourself into trouble, then that's your issue. But if trouble comes because of the word, if you exist in the arena of trouble because you accepted the word, you accepted the word ungiven, let me tell you something. Then the same word that you, you acted upon is the same word that will get you out of every trouble. If the word brings me into trouble, it is the word that will get me out of trouble. Do you know what happens when trouble comes most times? You start trying to use your physical means to get yourself out of trouble. Instead of reacting and saying, look, I'm convicted about this word. So sometimes we would have no money. We have no means of doing what we needed to do, but we would tell our people that were following us. And by this time, you're having 50, 100, 200, 300 people that are following you. By that time, you're looking at them and you're saying, some way, somehow, we're coming out of this. Some way, somehow. And sometimes it's not even to come out of it. Sometimes it's just to be able to thrive in the midst of trouble. And that's what the word does. But let me finish off the Bible reading. So yeah, go for it. My fellow believers, mm -hmm. when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, yeah. see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. So change every trouble that you write down. Because remember, I told you to write down the troubles. Count your troubles, right? Every trouble that you write down, right? Change the word trouble and put opportunity there. Stop seeing your troubles as problems. See them as opportunities. The word said this, James says, see as an invaluable opportunity to experience joy. So change the word in your mind called trouble. When some, the worst of the worst news, as a pastor, you will hear the worst of the worst news. You will hear that somebody's sister is going through mental health. You will hear that somebody's mom just died. You will hear that this, you will hear that that, you will hear that somebody's dad just died. And, and as a pastor, one of the things that you would have to do is, of course, you have to mourn with people when you're mourning with people, but you have to also make sure that they see the opportunity. I'm sorry that may sound selfish, but you've got to be able to teach people to see opportunity in the worst scenarios. I'm in a pile of debt. Yes, you're in a pile of debt, but you're also in a pile of opportunity. You're also in a pile of opportunity. So guess what? It is, it is the person that has adverse circumstances in their life that you can actually really speak to. People that just live normal average life, everything is okay, they're, they're working towards getting themselves on a property ladder, da, 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 da. they're not going to become anything but normal. If you want to live outside of the norm, you're going to have to have some circumstances that are also outside of the norm. New problems, new opportunities, new people. Honest, honest to God. But I, if I were you, I would add new growth. I would also add new growth. So it says here, see every trouble that you go through as an invaluable opportunity to experience joy. So we've done that now. Let's, let's finish this. We've got 15 more minutes. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And then I can speak to you. The 
this is my this is my morning scripture this morning and i thought okay let's talk about this are we ready first yes, thessalonians chapter one let's read Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ mm. grace and peace to you yeah, go for it we always thank God for all of you yeah. and continually mention you in our prayers yeah. we remember before our God and Father yeah. your work produced by faith so now listen I love this, I love this scripture for one or two reasons it tells you what happens faith produces your work Remember I told you about conviction. That the conviction that you actually carry is your faith. So now, faith produces your work. The work produced by faith. So now, some of you, right, had faith in the fact that you want to be a 1K sower. That was your faith. Now, do you know what some of you went and did? Because you knew that with your work, maybe you were in a job, it was not going to be enough to then... It was not going to be enough to help you sow 1K. Do you know what some of you did? You started a business. Your work produced by faith. So someone says, is it right for me to do business or not? I'm telling you, it depends on what produces it. Your work produced by faith. So now, all of a sudden, you now have a business, whether it's going to be everyday cosmetics, or it's going to be this or that, or the drop spot, or the this or that. Whatever business you started, but it was produced by faith, because the faith was not in the business, the faith was in the giving. Are you with me? So it says, the faith was in the giving. You wanted to give, therefore you produced. Every believer that will succeed is because it is faith that... You know, the same thing that would then move your finances from one thing to another is still going to be that same faith, that same conviction. The conviction of giving you have produced the work you now do. So yes, you may be in a professional industry, but you're also running a business because of the faith you have. So he said that we keep praying for you because we know your work produced by faith. He also said something. Go for it. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Mm -hmm. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, yeah. your labor prompted by love. Your labor prompted by love. Look at the ingredients for you to become a total, if you want to look at it this way, a total beast. <laughs> you want to become a beast. You want to become the best at what you do. Let your work be produced by faith. Let your labor be produced by love. Your ability to labor when you want to be up all night. Don't be up all night because of money. Be up all night because of love. When you want to show the work rate, let your work rate be prompted by love. So do you know the two things he began to talk about? Paul began to talk about. He began to talk about work and work rate. So people don't have work rate because they don't have love. Mm. Because you, anything you do must be, he says your labor must be prompted by love. And then there's one more thing he mentions. And your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and then your endurance. So he spoke, so he spoke about work, work, race, work rate and endurance. Two and three major things that one will need in order to, in order to be fueled and in order to fuel others. 
He says, work, work rate and endurance. So he says, your work was produced by faith. Your work rate was, was fueled by love. And your endurance was inspired by what now? By hope. By hope. <laughs> Wherever you do that, work produced by faith. Work rate produced by love. Endurance inspired by hope. Don't tell me the word ain't all we need in order to move forward in life. You can never say it because you look at that right there. If you want to succeed, if you want to lead well in life, if you want to lead others well, have work produced by faith. Have work rate. What, what was connect? What was spagnation? What was power based? Work produced by faith. Somebody decided to open their home in order to teach people the word, but the word became a work. So why wouldn't your individual life, if you're able to word one after the other, after the other, after the other, why won't your individual, be, individual life become a word that produced a work? So all the businesses I see today, from Trendy with Everyday Cosmetics, from, um, from Bethany with Dropspot, from Pastor Kwame with FSM, from um, Pastor LaBelle with Be Inspired, all of these were words that produced a work and there's many more that i haven't mentioned but these are words that produced a work work by produced by faith then you now have what now then you have work rate produced by love so it's your love for others that will keep you in a certain work rate so if there's no love you'll see people drop the work they're doing and then if it's look what is your inspiration to endure Hope. <laughs> Hope. Rehustle produced by faith. New Gen Cipher produced by faith. But let's read on because this is not even where I'm going. Go on. For we remember before our God and Father yeah. how you put your faith into practice. How you put your faith into practice. So your faith into practice is the work it produces. So when you hear James, I could go between Thessalonians and James all day long. When you hear James say faith without works is dead. It's almost like James jumped into the 21st century for a minute. Took the word dead. So he's not saying that faith without works does not exist. That's what he's saying. He's not saying that, oh, you can have faith and you don't have works. No, faith without works does not exist because work, faith is produced by work. Or no, work is produced by faith. So if you have faith, there will be a work produced. So it's easy to tell those that don't have faith. Look at the things that I remember. What can I remember now? Fecal's work produced by faith. Trouble then that met faith produced work. Look at that equation. Trouble. Fecal, the brother of Pastor Ebel, died. It met faith produced work. That's why we now have Fecal's world today. Trouble that meets faith produces work. Doesn't produce a sad man or a sad woman. Of course, you mourn for the loss of, of your brother or your sister or, the, or your mother or your father, but it doesn't produce a sad man. It produces a work. Trouble that met faith produced work. So it says, it says read on. So he said, your, what, what was the TPT saying? How you put your faith into practice. Mm -hmm. How your love motivates you to serve others. How your love motivates you to serve others. Work rate. Remember I told you that if you want to make the best business, find out how you can increase your value to others. 
If you want to make the best business, find out how you can put others' concerns above your own self. If you want to make the best business, find out how you can serve others. He said, how your love makes you what? How your love motivates you to serve others. How your love motivates you. So I'm motivated to serve others. If you really have love, you're motivated to serve others. You're motivated to serve. And some people's businesses were just formed out of love. The greatest, wealthiest men that we know today, some of them were just formed out of love. And the wealthiest men we're going to see that will rise out of nation, nation out of this nation we call back will be because of love. Not because of greed. They will just be motivated to serve others. Can I say something? A man's sin can be cancelled by his service to others. I can show you that from scripture if we have time. So he said, read from the work again. So you put your faith into practice. Go for it. How your love motivates you to serve others. Yeah. And how unrelenting is your hope-filled patience in our Lord Jesus Christ. And how unrelenting is your hope-filled patience in our Lord Jesus Christ. J.B. Phillips, please. Let's see this in J.B. Phillips. We are always thankful as we pray for you all. Yeah. For we never forget that your faith has meant solid achievement. Look at this. We never forget that your faith meant solid achievement. <laughs> so, the, the achiever is the one who has faith. I'm sorry. The scriptures do. You know people made faith seem like it's, it's invisible. You will see the faith of a believer in his achievements. He said, your faith meant solid achievement. And the reason why I always deal with the scriptures this way is because I need us to understand that faith has a product. Faith without works is dead. So faith without works. So every man that has faith has solid achievement. You're able to point to one, two, three things. One, two, three, four. So, but you know what some people do? They try to mix faith with logic and then they have no achievement. You can always see they were on the verge of achievement, but when they were about to achieve, they mix their faith with logic. So the scriptures tell us here that we know that for you, your faith meant solid achievement. So now if I'm going to have faith, you see what I will do in my notepad? I'll put faith plus me equals solid achievement. And it may take one, two, three years to get the solid achievement that you're looking for. But if you're consistent in faith, you'll be consistent in achieving. It is not the other way around. And it is not by your hard work, even though you will work hard because of love. So he said, you, he said we know that your faith meant solid achievement. Yes, what else did he say? Your love has meant hard work. Your love has meant hard work. <laughs> he began to define the meanings of what it means. So now, how do you see how do you see somebody's love? They work hard for others. I remember when I started Zuriel, and I, do you know what drove me to make money? 
I wanted to give. I'm telling you, I can't get over it as well, but let me put it in. I remember, we look, when we talk about Zuriel, people don't understand. We didn't have an office. Pastor Lodi can tell you, we used to go to South Bank every morning. We used to do the interviews there. What was driving us? Our love to make money to help. Not for our own thing. People will tell you, and I'm not going to hide this, we were given 20k a month without without it wasn't like we were making it wasn't like we were making at the time we weren't making like 50k so we were giving 20 we were making 25 and giving 20 and that's when i taught pastor lloyd and the others about giving taught them so they would look at me and say oh how much are we now that we did are we are we you know we'll not go selfish no 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 20 is going in we've got five we're paying our bills with this it was work rate pumped by love if you truly love to give, you will work hard. So if somebody doesn't have seed or something in their hand, it's because they don't want to. Because they don't love giving. Go on. And the hope that you have in our Lord Jesus Christ mm. means sheer dogged endurance in the life that you live before God. My days. Did you hear those words? He said, read that again. I don't think they heard it. And the hope that you have in our Lord Jesus Christ means sheer dogged endurance in the life that you live before God. It says the hope that you have in our Lord Jesus Christ means sheer dogged endurance. So if you, somebody's testimony about you is not that you're dogged, like you're just a rugged, you endure. Like, I don't know if you know, I'm so happy that this, this scripture says it. Meaning that this guy, if you know him, so you see Christians that are soft and laid back and you think, how? How is this person believing in Christ? Because the Bible tells us that anybody who has hope or, or believes in Christ, it, it, it means shared dogged endurance. It means if you give them zero pounds, they will come back with 1K for you. Or they will come back... You give them zero pounds and an idea, all they're going to use on it is shared dogged endurance. They will have, they will put their faith into practice. They will put their, they will put work rate behind it, and they will have a shared dogged endurance. Even meaning when it doesn't work, they will stick with it. So when did the, the body of Christ become a, a people who give up on ideas? If you give up on ideas, it's only an evidence that Christ does not exist there. But I wish this was even where I was going. Read on. Definition of share dogged. Go on, share dogged. Go for it. Share dogged means you, they are determined to continue with something, even if it becomes difficult or dangerous. They are determined to continue with something, even if it becomes difficult or dangerous. My, look, the first thing you must be dogged in, and this is where you get your doggedness from, is the word. If you can't be dogged in the word, you won't be dogged in life. You, they said doggedness means to continue in something even if it becomes difficult or dangerous. You if you don't continue, in your, your, your giving became dangerous, so you stopped. And I'm not even trying to talk about giving. I'm just using the convictions that we have in order to teach you about conviction. So it says your shared doggedness is, is the ability to continue. People don't have the ability to continue. I hope you know that. The ability to continue in something even though it becomes difficult or dangerous. 
So God telling us that when you accept the word and you receive the word, it becomes difficult. It becomes dangerous. People don't like the arena of danger. But we must, we must understand that danger comes in order to test whether we're dogged. To, whether, to see if we're somebody whom God can use. This isn't the gospel that people are used to. They're used to God loves everybody. And he does. But now he says your love will produce hard work. But let's read on. Go, let's go back to the original translation. Go for it. Mm -hmm. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, yeah. that he has chosen you. Mm -hmm. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, mm. but also with power, mm. with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Look at this. The gospel came to them, not just with words, but with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Convicted men that changed the world. They had deep conviction. What did it say? What's the verse after? Let me see what the verse after says. You know how we lived among you for uh -huh. your sake. Yeah. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so now, listen to this. Look at this. What did they do? Did they copy God? They copied Paul. They copied his way of life. So, remember what I was saying to you yesterday. You want to be like-minded with somebody? Copy them. Copy how they react to situations. Said, I know Pisan can behave like that. I know he's nice. But me, I'm a strong person. Nobody will get away with that with me. That's the problem. That's why you will never have the results that Pisan has. Or Pastor Toby has. Because you don't understand that. If you want to... When, when these guys saw Paul and them, they imitated them. They started to talk how they talked. They started to behave how they behaved. They were imitators. They didn't carry their own, their own opinions and then tell and say, Oh, but I admire. You see, look, it's good to be an admirer of somebody. But even if you admire them, doesn't mean that you'll become them. In order to become them, you must imitate. So that, ah, yeah, they can behave like that, and I know this and that, and I know, and you know, some people will even say, yeah, and I know what they do is right, but me, I say, ah, so you just want to live in the realm of wrong. Imitate, imitate the leaders that you think are worthy of imitating. I'm not even just talking about myself. Some people can think I'm not worthy of imitating, and I think you're not worthy of even look being looked at. But that's the same thing. So it's like you just have to imitate whoever your your thing is. So it's like. Imitate the leaders that you see in front of you, especially if they do what is right. He said, when Paul said to them, when you came to me, you imitated my, when you saw me, you imitated my way of living. But I wish I could, I've, I'm running out of time, so I have to skip these points. Let's look at different translations. Um, J.B. Phillips again. I love the J.B. Phillips. Go for it. We know that God not only loves you, but has mm -hmm. selected you for a special purpose. He selected you for a special purpose. So what accompanies the selection of a, for a special purpose? Go for it. For we remember how our gospel came to you, mm. not as mere words, yep. but as a message with power behind it. With power behind it, yeah. The effectual power, in mm. fact, of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know how we lived among you. Yeah. You remember how you set yourselves to copy us. You set yourselves. Oh my days. I love this. I love this. The, the, the greatness of leadership. 
the greatness of rising in life. Do you know where it starts with? Setting yourself to copy. <laughs> you set yourself to copy us. Imagine they set. You know what it means to set, right? It's like a setting. They put their settings on. Imagine you had a TV and you just said you put that setting on copy P Sam. So you know what I always look at? I look at, okay, I look at the young men under me if they're preaching and I say, okay, where did they get this preaching from? I'm always going to be looking. I'm just looking. I'm seeing where did they get this preaching from? Because this sounds like T.D. Jakes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that might, that might offend. He's a great man, whatever that means. But and that might offend somebody. But I'm just saying to you, and I never heard no one sound like T.D. Jakes, to be honest. Like, but I'm just saying to you that, remember, you just set yourself to copy. You just set yourself to copy. So you see the things that I would say to you? Let me tell you, I copied them from somewhere. I don't need to be my own great leader. I just need to copy great, a great man. Do you get what I'm saying to you? I don't need to be, You know, people try to forge or carve out their own greatness. But I would rather just copy who was, who, who, people who are already great. Copy great men, you will get great results. It's as simple as that. So you'll be like, okay, so there are areas in which I need to fine tune in my copying. Because I know that in this area, somebody has already achieved great results. Don't try, you know, they say carve out your own greatness, work for yourself, this, that, and the other. I, I, let me tell you, I say copy great men. And thank God that you have great leaders in, in the nation that you can copy. Go for it. Remember how you set yourselves to copy us mm -hmm. and through us, Christ himself. Through us. You copied us and through copying us, you copied Christ himself. That's controversial, right? People will tell you, no, you have your own relationship with God. Man should not dictate the way that you behave. Man should not dictate what you do. Man should not... Tell man to shut up. Because the scriptures tell us that we should... We, we, you set yourselves to copy us and through us, Christ himself. And when he says us, he's talking about himself. He's talking about Timothy. He's talking about this. So what are we saying now? Your conviction leads you to copying. Go for it. You remember how, although accepting the message meant bitter persecution. The accepting the message meant bitter persecution. You know, persecution is enough. But when you now hear the word bitter persecution. Remember, we started with what accompanies the word. Trouble or persecution, right? Now, he said, you knew that accepting the message meant bitter persecution, but what happened? Yet you experienced the joy of the Holy Spirit. But yet you experienced the joy. What did I say needs to accompany your conviction? Joy. Or what did I say is the evidence that you are convicted? Joy. That in the midst of trial, in the midst of trouble, you have joy. Check your joy level. One more translation, message. Or, yeah, message. Evidence of your conviction is joy. So when the trouble comes and somebody gets, goes mad or gets down, 
know that they, they, they're not convicted about what they believe. They're not. They're not. They, they think they're convicted, but they're not. They don't really believe this thing. They, they, they see themselves as broke now, right? And they're down because of that. But that's how you know that they don't believe the words they are hearing. That's how you know they're not convicted about the words they are hearing because the evidence of your conviction is joy, constant joy. Go for it. It is clear to us, friends, mm -hmm. that God not only loves you very much, yeah. but also has put his hands on you mm -hmm. for something special. He's put his hands on you for something special, yeah? When the message we preached came to you, mm -hmm. it wasn't just words. Yeah. Something happened in you. Something happened in you, yes. The Holy Spirit put steel in your conviction. The Holy Spirit put steel in your conviction every time you hear the word i've got three more minutes every time you hear the word there's a still added to your conviction so the holy spirit put still in your conviction i need you to read on because i because of time go for it you paid careful attention to the way we lived among you you paid careful attention so let me give you a trick let me give you a trick when you hear the word pay attention to your leaders the person you're following, whether it be a Pastor Sam, a Pastor Nikki, a Pastor Dami, a, a Pastor, uh, a, a Pastor who else, Pastor Obi Onyeka, a Pastor Oni. Now, if when you hear the word, pay careful attention to the way your leaders live, so that you will see either the the following of the word of God or the cracks in between what they preach and who they are. So now you you've got. Now you've got to pay careful attention. You pay careful attention to the way we live, yes? And determine to live that way yourself. And determine to live that way yourselves. Yeah, go for it. In imitating us. In imitating, imitation. So if you realize that the reason why people don't follow people is because they don't look like the person leading them. People will start to look like you when you look like the person they really admire. They don't, they don't, they're only entrusted to you. The minute you start to step out, they will go. I'm telling you, but go on. In imitating us, mm -hmm. you imitated the master. In imitating us, you imitated the master. Go for it. Although great trouble accompanied the word, mm -hmm. you were able to take great joy from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what, what accompanied the word? I'll end it on this. Although great trouble accompanied the word, you were able to take great joy from the Holy Spirit. Taking the trouble with the joy and the joy with the trouble. Taking the trouble with the joy and the joy with the trouble. The trouble with the joy, the joy with the trouble. However you want to take that, I rest my case. The evidence of your conviction is joy. Taking the trouble with the joy and the joy with the trouble. So look at, look at your neighbor and say, I've got joy. <laughs>